What is up? What is up? What is up? So I'm here, week four. That's right. Doing this shit for like a month now, even though uh, it doesn't feel like it's been a month, but you know, it hasn't been a month day wise. And it hasn't, I don't know, I just feel like it's been a month, but it wasn't. Even though it has been four weeks of podcasts. Weird. Anyway. So, uh, this week, what we're going to talk about is, uh, MMA. We're going to talk about the MMA world. Um, you know, since I said last week, we're, uh, going back to the sports-oriented stuff for a couple weeks. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's important to kind of stick with the main theme a lot. You know, I don't want to get too off-subject too much. Uh, every now and then is fine, but this is supposed to be generally a sports podcast, so I want to try to do as much, uh, sports oriented things as possible so uh the reason why i chose mma this week is they just had a big card a big pay-per-view on on saturday um you know and that kind of that plus there was some other you know news that came out of that and you know other things like that and so it just kind of i figured i would do that because it's the most recent big sports thing that happened because you know baseball season it's always terrible to talk about baseball season until it gets close to October, because there's just too many games, you know, football season hasn't started yet, basketball season just ended, hockey season just ended, by the way, go Caps, good for them, you know, winning that, uh, winning that Stanley Cup, dude, Ovi, oh man, he is going hard, he is going hard in the paint on his celebrations, and I love it, I think everyone else loves it too, I love it, but anyway, so, MMA world, um, there was a big pay-per-view, it was in Chicago, so there was a lot of Chicago fighters actually on the card, and I don't think that they did too well, actually, um, in the first fight, uh, so the way that they do MMA cards right now, um, at least in the UFC world, and when I talk about MMA, I'm generally going to talk about UFC, um, I'll say Bellator if I'm talking about Bellator, um, you know, or I'll say, you know, if I'm talking about the uh, the stuff in Japan, then I'll, I'll say that. But when, whenever I say MMA, I generally just mean UFC. Just because, I mean, that's the one that most people know. That's the one most people follow. That's the, the popular one. So I'll, I'll try to differentiate as best I can, but I might forget. So forgive me if I do. So the way they do cards in the UFC is they start out on Fight Pass, which is like their uh, their streaming service. It has, you know, libraries of old fights. It has, you know, any of their exclusive shows. Like, um, you know, Dana White has a couple shows on there. Um, you know, or like uh, The Ultimate Fighter. You know, the past uh, seasons of that are on there. Um, you know, top ten lists of, like, you know, championship reigns or knockout artists or whatever is on there. There's just all kinds of stuff on there. Um, as well as, since that's a streaming service, you can also access... You know, the pay-per-views and things like that. You know, or uh, highlights from from specific fighters. Um, so anyway, the way they do these cards is they start out, they have prelims on... Now, this is for pay-per-views. They, uh, they start out, they have prelims on Fight Pass, which is a, a subscription-based service, sort of like Netflix, that you pay for every month. And then... So, so you, don't need to, you don't need to pay for those prelims to watch them. Um, which is cool. I wish that, uh, I wish that the UFC did it more like WWE does where you just pay a flat fee 
every month and you get access to everything plus you get all the pay-per-views for free I think that'd be really cool because paying 65 bucks a pop every time for pay-per-view gets really expensive and adds up a lot and I don't really fucking like it personally but I guess that's why I'm not in charge of that kind of stuff because my opinion doesn't matter to them um, so anyway, you don't have to pay for those first prelims. They're on Fight Pass. Uh, you, you can watch them for free on the whatever UFC, you know, whether you use it through your Xbox or your PlayStation or your phone or your tablet or whatever. And usually there'll be, you know, anywhere from one to four or five fights, depending on, you know, if other fights have, have been canceled or fighters have been moved around or whatever. You know, or fighters get hurt, or fighters miss weight, and things like that. And then it goes to the FS1, um, Fox Sports 1, for the second part of the prelim, for just the main prelims, which sucks because that means that you have to go to a whole different app, you know, or, or TV, if you have TV, you know, just to watch the second set of prelims, which are supposed to be, you know just under main card level fights because you've got fight pass prelims which are usually like you know the you know the up and comers or the newbies or the guys that are trying to prove themselves and the the regular prelims are kind of like you know well we didn't have enough room on the main card but it's still gonna be really good fights and you know we won't be able to watch them and all this kind of stuff and the pay-per-views are supposed to be the great fights uh, the problem is a lot of times the fights on the prelims and the fight pass prelims end up being a lot better than the pay-per-views and so the UFC actually loses money by, you know, showing all the good fights for free or just making it so, you know, if I have to pay, because people don't want to pay 65 bucks every time, you know, that just, it gets to be obnoxious. You know, maybe do it like Amazon Prime, 100 bucks, you know, a year, just once, one time, or whatever it is that Prime costs. It's one time a year, and then I get all the pay-per-views for free, you know, something. People would be more likely to buy that and see that because they don't want to spend that every time. And so... They're gonna watch the prelims, watch the fight. They're gonna watch the fight pass prelims and the prelims, and they're just gonna tune out and find you know the info the next day after the fights are over, or they'll tune back into the post-fight press conference and watch that and figure out who won that way. You know, so they they lose a lot of viewership the way that they currently do it, and I'm hoping it'll change because in 2019 they actually have um, a partnership coming up. They're getting rid of their partnership with Fox Sports because that contract was up, and now they're switching to ESPN Plus, which could be cool, but that also means that that's another thing that you now have to pay for. However, I'm hoping that maybe that this new deal will make them change their entire mold because now that ESPN's involved, you know, that's a it's a lot bigger name. That's a name that's been around for a while. You know, they kind of know how to do things a little bit better generally. So maybe that I'll maybe I'm hoping part of the deal was that like you know you need to change your subscription service to match you know us or something like that. Who I doubt it, but who knows? You know, I, I would hope personally. Um, so anyway, and then you get to the main card, which is supposed to be the good fights, and, you know, on pay-per-views, it's, it's generally five fights, um, you know, they usually have a main event, a co-main event, and then three other fights, um, you know, and it always goes, you know, the co-main event and the main event are obviously the two last fights, the co-main events, unless they're title fights, are always three-round fights, the main event, whether it's a title fight or not, is always a five-round fight, even if it's on a fight night, so a fight night is basically... They have an event, it's just not a pay-per-view because they don't feel, I guess, that the names are big enough to draw in the viewership. So they put it all on for free so, you know, you can watch it and still see really good fights and that kind of thing. Um, and it also keeps them, 
you know, busy. They're not just, because they have so many fighters, you know, they can't just say, oh, we're only going to have one pay-per-view every month and that's all that we're going to put on because they just, they don't have the room on the cards. I mean, if you've only got, you know, 10, 15 fights on a card, that's anywhere from 20 to 30 fighters on a card. If you've got 600 fighters on your contract, I mean, you're trying to get them all action, you know, you're trying to get them all fights, you're trying to show, you know, show people all of your fighters and you can't do that if you only just have one card a month. So they generally, generally they do it every weekend. There's always, um, you know, a couple fight nights and then a pay-per-view, and then a couple fight nights and then a pay-per-view. Now, sometimes they'll take weeks off. Like, for example, this weekend, they don't have anything. Uh, they just had a pay-per-view. And sometimes they do that after pay-per-view. They take a week off after a pay-per-view sometimes, and then the next week they'll put on a, uh, a fight night. So next week they have a fight night. It's um, Cowboy Cerrone versus uh, Rocky Edwards, Leon Rocky Edwards. Um, Donald's Cowboy Cerrone is the other one, uh, and that's the main event, and I think it's in Singapore, usually, usually the main events, uh, or the, I mean, the pay-per-views are generally in the same few locations, you know, the, the big money locations, and the fight nights kind of vary, sometimes they'll be in, you know, Utica, New York, or Singapore, or Chile, or, you know, somewhere like that, and usually your pay-per-views are going to be, you know, Vegas, New York, Brazil, you know, maybe Japan, like the, the big time, you know, money makers, you know, for, uh, for the gate and things like that. Um, obviously they're in different countries. That means it's a different time, which can kind of suck because if you're used to watching on Saturday nights, all of a sudden you get one on a Sunday morning, that can kind of throw you off a little bit. But anyway, so what happened, let's, you know, let's talk about the fights. How about that? Um, you know, on the, on the first, uh, the first fight of the, of the card, um, you know, it was a, it was a fight pass, a fight pass fight. And, you know, the guy, one of the guys was, was a Chicago guy and he got, he got KO'd, uh, actually in the first fight by a guy named Dan Ige. Uh, he didn't get KO'd. He got TKO'd now. One of the things that bugs me in MMA is they they never differentiate between a TKO and a KO. It goes down as a KO on your record, but to me a KO is you were just basically you were straight, you were out cold. There was no ifs ands or buts about it. You were done. A TKO is basically, you know, you were you were beating the guy down and then the ref stepped in and stopped it. Whether that person's out cold or not is irrelevant. The referee deems that the fight is over at that point because they can't intelligently defend themselves but they're not also not knocked out so it's still kind of a knockout but it's kind of not I don't know it's whatever shit happens but I don't like their classifications there but anyway so that Chicago guy um he lost his name was Mike Santiago he lost to 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 a vet uh kind of a vet I mean he hasn't really been around that long but I've heard his name a lot uh Dan Ige um, you know, then the next fight there was, cause there was four fights on the prelims on the fight pass prelims. Then you had a uh, Charles Oliveira versus Clay Guida. Clay Guida has been around the block. He's a, you know, he's a veteran if there ever was one. And this Charles Oliveira guy, he actually stepped in on short notice for Bobby Green. Um, and he is a submission specialist. I mean, that's what he does. He just makes people tap out. He's actually with this submission tied the record for, 
uh, submissions in a career with, uh, I believe, Hoist Gracie, who's like the submission expert of all submission experts in you know, MMA. And then after that, you had Sergio Pez, Joseph Benavidez. That was an okay fight. It went to decision. Uh, in the first round, I thought Sergio had him. You know, he had him rocked a couple times. And, you know, Joseph's just got a really good chin. He's a tough guy to beat. You know, so to beat him in a, in a split decision is it was an achievement. And Sergio Pettis should should learn from that. He shouldn't be too excited because he only won a split decision. Uh, but he should be excited because Benavidez is a hard guy to beat, a really hard guy to beat. And then in uh, the last fight of the prelims, of the fight pass prelims, you had uh, Anthony Lionheart-Smith versus Sugar Rashad Evans. And, you know, Rashad Evans, you know, he's he's an, you know, an older guy, what, 38, 39, which in the fight game is like 60. Um, you know, and Rashad Evans, you know, he used to be at one point in time the middleweight champ, or no, sorry, the light heavyweight champion. Um, you know, he beat... Who'd he beat? I think he beat Chuck Liddell for it, maybe. Or Rampage Jackson. He beat one of those guys for the for lightweight the light heavyweight championship and you know, he held it for a couple fights. He got beat by Leoto Machida, got knocked out. It was a pretty crazy knockout. And it was a legitimate knockout from uh Leoto Machida. He lost the title, but up until that point he was unbeaten. Um But yeah, so that was you know, people were expecting, you know, it's probably going to be his last fight. He might, you know, he might win. He might not. It depends what kind of style it comes out on. So he's got old boy up against the cage in a clinch. You know, pure veteran move. He's, you know, trying to put his weight on him, tire the other guy out. Because the other guy has to hold his weight up, and now he has to hold your weight up. That's going to tire him out more than you just having to hold your weight up. Um, and so what happened, though, was Rashad got caught with a knee right to his face, which as a vet, you should have seen that coming, you know, put a, put a hand out to stop the knee or not let your head get, you know, caught by his hands or whatever. He just got kneed right in the face. I mean, he just dropped him. I mean, it was, it was game over at that point. I mean, it was, that's probably a really realistic wrap on his career. And, you know, it really wasn't a bad career. I mean, he, he had a lot of success. He made a lot of money. He's won a lot of fights, lost some fights, you know, and, I think I think he's gonna go out that way. I, th- I think he's really I think he's done for. Because um, I mean he's getting old. He he just he came back up because he had dropped down for a little bit when he was having he he was not having some success so he dropped on a middleweight. This was his first fight back up at light heavyweight. Got stopped super early in the fight. I mean it was like 53 seconds into the fight he gets a knee to the face, just out cold. You know I don't, I don't know that that he's really going to fight anymore. Dana White even said that they had talked and, you know, he said he was done, but he said he was done before, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, I wish him the best of luck. He was a great fighter. He's been fun to watch all these years. You know, I've I've watched, you know, a lot of his fights, and he was good. He, he was real good. Uh, it's a shame that, you know, he has to, I hate when fighters, like, last fight is a loss. I always hate that, but, especially, you know, like, legends, but, you know, shit happens, I get it, you can't always go out on a win, but things happen. So anyway, the uh, FS1 prelims, we started out in the heavyweights with Chris De La Rocha versus Rashad Coulter. Now, I don't know anything about either of these two. Um, I know De La Rocha is 37, I think, and Rashad Coulter's like 34, 35, so they're both kind of on the older side. 
neither of them are ever going to crack the top 10 probably neither of them are going to ever get a title shot it was just kind of a filler fight you know because the heavyweight division especially recently has been kind of the, the slack division you know it, it's been hard to have depth in that division and so they kind of just get some heavyweights in there sometimes to just kind of fill things out not necessarily to um you know to be contenders and that ended as a tko uh, in the second round de la rocha had coulter mounted and it was just kind of one of those things where they were both gassed they were they're both big dudes it was just kind of you know de la rocha was throwing punches taking a break throwing punches throwing a break Rashad coulter wasn't really doing anything the ref stopped that it was a tko you know the ref was like look you you weren't doing shit I'm tired of watching this garbage-ass fight, so I'm going to stop it, basically. is That might not be what he said, but that's what he definitely should have said. The next fight was featherweights, which is... Oh, so I'm going to go back to heavyweight. So heavyweight is... 265 is the limit. So basically it's 206 to 265. Um, let's see. Flyweight. We also had lightweight. The, the Clay Guida fight was lightweight. Um, that's... 155, so 156 to um, basically 1, you know, 79 or 169 is flyweight pretty much. Or no, sorry, incorrect. Check that. The limit for lightweight is 155, so that means from 146 to 155 you can be in that range. Flyweight is uh, the 125 pound class. Um, so, you know, anything below 125. So we go back up to the, the FS1 prelims. You've got, after that heavyweight, you've got featherweight, which is the 145 pound class. So your limit is 145 on that. Now, unless it's a title fight, they give you a one pound over ability. So a lot of times, you know, if, if you're, um, you know, if you're supposed to be 145, but it's not a title fight, they'll let you come in at 146, but you can't come in over 146. So you can't come in at like 146.2. Uh, you have to come in at 146 exactly or less. Uh, if you do come in over, generally it's, uh, you know, are, are they still going to take the fight? you got to talk to the other fighter. Generally you have to give up some of your purse if they even still take the fight. So the next was a featherweight. It was Mursad Bektik versus Ricardo Lamas. Ricardo Lamas was a Chicago guy. Uh, he lost a split decision. That was a actually. I'm not gonna lie. I fell asleep during that fight, um, so I don't can't really comment too much on that fight. But obviously, it was boring enough that it wasn't memorable. Um, so after that, that was a split decision. Bektik won that one. That that guy could be a really up and comer. Ricardo Lamas is a, is is a tough a tough win, you know. So that's good on Bektik. So next was women's strawweight, which is 115 is the limit on that. Uh, so you had Claudia Gadea versus Carla Esparza. So I also was asleep during this. I actually woke up during the last fight on the prelims. I missed two of the fights. Um, and the way that these highlights work is generally until like the next card comes up, they're not going to let you watch you know, the, the fights that just happened at their most recent cards. So I, I really can't go back and watch the fights on Fight Pass yet, but I will eventually go back and watch them. Um, but from what I've heard is Claudia at one point was just wrecking Carla, but then she took her foot off the gas pedal, let Carla back into the fight. Claudia still won a split decision, but it should have been a lot 
it should have been a unanimous decision or at least, you know, a, a, a stoppage. Um, but she took her foot off the gas for whatever reason. I don't know if she was hurt. I don't know if she was gassed. I don't know if, you know, if her corner was just telling her to because they thought they saw something. Who knows? But I hear she took her foot off the gas, which is sometimes not good. It's good when you're potentially going to burn yourself out. Then you might want to light off the gas. But I feel like she's got some good stamina. Uh, so then we went back to the heavyweights for the the FS1 prelims, quote-unquote, main event. Um, Curtis Blades versus Alistair Overeem. So Alistair Overeem is like the gatekeeper of the heavyweight division. He's uh, kind of the guy that, you know, he's always in title contention, but he's kind of the guy that if you want to be the next guy, you got to get through Alistair Overeem. Now, there was a point in time where he was just roided out of his fucking mind and he was just impossible to beat or stop. That was sort of when... He whooped Brock Lesnar's ass uh, that kind of time. But, you know, since USADA's coming and stuff, I mean, he's still in great shape, don't get me wrong. He's still jacked, but he's not hes not steroid over him. He's just regular over him. But he's a very good, like, kickboxer, striker kind of guy. So he's a, he's a, he's a tough win. He's, he's, not, he's no slouch. Even though he's been knocked out a lot, he's no slouch. Um, Curtis Blades is, is a wrestler. Um, I believe he was a Division One wrestler. Uh, maybe D2. Um, he, so he's predominantly a wrestler. But he, he's got some good striking. He uh, he took over and down, got in his... You know, he mounted him, and he was just throwing elbows. And those elbows were vicious. There's a reason why Curtis Blades, you know, nickname is Razor. You know, Curtis Razor Blades. Because, I mean, those elbows are like laser, razor blades. They cut up over him. I mean, you're just watching it. He throws about four elbows... And Overeem's nose just explodes with, you know, or maybe even a cut on his head or whatever, just explodes with blood, it's everywhere. They stopped the fight, I mean, it was, it was crazy. I mean, he definitely, he definitely wrecked Alistair Overeem, and he's firmly in the title picture now, Curtis Blades is, because um, I think coming into this fight, he was like six, maybe, so, you know, he's definitely going to jump, he's definitely going to jump up. So in the next fight, we're getting. So now we're at the main card. Um, the next fight, the first fight on there. Now they really shouldn't have had that fight. This next fight, where they had it, they did it because it was a Chicago guy, kind of the name. They thought maybe it would draw in some viewers. But realistically, this should have been on the uh, the fight pass prelims, and Blades Overeem should have been the first fight on the uh, on the regular. Uh, main card, and it actually wasn't the main card at one point in time of the. But they moved, they didn't actually didn't move the fight they should have moved, they moved a different fight that we'll talk about later from where Blades Overeem was to the main card and then they took the spot that they just opened up and moved in that fight and put Blades Overeem in that spot. So, first fight on the main card, you've got Mike Jackson versus CM Punk. Yes, I said CM Punk, the former wrestler, CM Punk. It's his second MMA fight. His first one he got murked, you know, first round, he... He wasn't really, uh, you know, obviously he hadn't been training that much. He was, you know, like, what, 35, 36, you know, so he came in. He always, he said he'd, you know, he'd always kind of wanted to do it. He was, you know, finally got out of his WWE contract. He was able to do it. Somehow he kept his name, which I, I don't understand how all that works, but he was able to keep his, his, his moniker, his name. Um, and so... You know, he fought, he got submitted pretty early. So this is his second fight against a guy, Mike Jackson, who at this point in time was 0-1. He and CM Punk were both 0-1 in the UFC. 
or as pros. It might have been Mike Jackson's first fight in the UFC. Either way, they're both 0 and 1. So, you know, they have, you figure they have similar experience levels. Now, Mike Jackson had more of a striking background. He had some amateur boxing fights. He had some amateur kickboxing fights, you know, so he had a striking background. So it wasn't quite the same, but. So this fight, you know, CM Punk comes out. He's actually not looking too bad in the first round, um, you know, but but he's getting hit with some bombs. You, you know, you're a little worried. You're like, uh, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if it's smart to stand. So you got to figure, you know, he's supposed to be a, uh, He's like a purple belt maybe or something in jiu-jitsu so you got to figure you know he's going to want to go to the ground because we assume that mike jackson being more of a striker isn't going to have a very developed ground game so you got to figure you know if if punk gets knocked down or taken down or whatever that's going to be right in his wheelhouse and he's going to get a submission or at least makes make something happen well mike jackson the whole time is just playing around with him he's, he's not finishing him he had multiple opportunities to finish him you know there was a few times where if he had just thrown some actual punches instead of just dicking around he he would have finished the fight he would have got a probably a tko most likely because you know for as much as punk was getting hit you know he's got he's got a fucking chin now i don't know if, if he kept getting hit super hard if he'd have had a good chin but from a guy who was fucking around and kind of hitting him half ass he had a good chin um so mike jackson won that fight by decision um it was a garbage fight honestly i didn't really care who the fuck won because no one did um but i will say that after what Mike Jackson showed me, I don't, I don't like him or respect him as a as a fighter just because like, you know, like why are you dicking around? There's no, there's no point for that. You know, this isn't boxing. This isn't you're not Tyson Pedro. Like, stop dicking around. Um, just finish the fight. Like, I don't know why. I don't know if you're trying to sell the fight more. Or if you're trying to carry the fight, I don't know what you're trying to do. But just finish the fucking fight. Like, why are you? This isn't wrestling. You know, you don't have to put the guy over. You know, it's, it's, I know CM Punk was a wrestler, but you don't have to do that. You're in the UFC. You're in a cage actually fighting. Finish the fucking fight. And don't be all silly and shit on the mic and, like, talking a bunch of shit about stuff. And Anyway, whatever. I actually gained some respect for CM Punk. Uh, you know, I knew I, I figured he was going to lose. I mean, it's tough for him. You know, he's you got to figure if his first fight was, what, a year and a half ago, something like that. So, maybe a year ago. So, you got to figure, he probably wasn't really training. He hasn't been training for that long, right? So, for the little bit that he's been training, you know, he didn't give up. He came out. He looked decent. You know, he looked like if he if he was looking like this and he was like, you know, 21, 22, and all he had was just improvements to make, you could say, okay, he might be a viable welterweight option. One set, 170 pounds, by the way, is a welterweight limit. Um... You know, he might be a viable option, but at 37 or whatever he is, it's just, look, you, you know, you lived your dream, get over it, you know, it's 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 done, it's gone, I respect what you did, you know, you didn't give up, you stayed in there, you kept fighting, you know, the guy was dicking around, you kept actually taking it seriously, props for that, but, dude, you're, you're just, you're trash at fighting, you really are, um, you know, and I'm really sorry that that had to be the first fight. Now, to CM Punk's credit, he said had he had his way, he wouldn't have wanted that to be on the main card because he didn't think he deserved to be on the main card, which I respect as well. But that fight definitely should not have been on the main card. Next, we're back to the heavyweight division. This card was loaded with heavyweights, actually. Um, so you've got Tai Tuivasa, who's from Australia, I believe. Uh, there was actually three Australians on this card. Um, he fought Andre Arlovsky. Andre Arlovsky is a staple in the... 
you know, in the heavyweight division. He's a former champion, two-time champion, I believe. He's one of those guys that, you know, he's a veteran. He's tough as nails. He's just, he's hard to beat. And if you beat him, you're pretty deserving of a title shot, even if you don't beat anybody else worth worth worthy of naming. Um, you know, sometimes you might KO him, but he will sit in, he'll stand there and bang, and he'll give you a war. And that's exactly what happened. It was a war. I mean, Arlovsky actually got dropped in the first round, came back, and was just sticking it to Ty Tuivasa. If you look at Ty, he looked a lot worse for the wear. I mean, it was one of those things where he was all busted up. But for whatever reason, they gave the fight to Tuivasa. He won a unanimous decision. I don't know if he won a unanimous decision. I'd say maybe a split decision at the most, but definitely not a unanimous decision. Um, so we go to the third fight. Oh, hold on, back to Ty Tuivasa. You know, he's... Uh, He's got to watch out for. He could be an up and comer. He he could be he could have some serious skill. He trains with uh, Mark Hunt, and if you know anything about uh, MMA, Mark Hunt is. I mean, he's you want to talk about power and hands. I mean, you want to talk about knockout king, uh, a walk off KO master. It's that guy. I mean, he's he started as a kickboxer and he's, you know, been in the title picture for a long time. He's. But whatever, he, he knows how to strike. So Ty Tiavasa at, you know, 23 or whatever he is, you know, is with this master striker that can that can only help him. So, you know, he, we got to watch out for him. He could be something serious. So move to women's featherweight, which is 145 pounds. Now, women's featherweight, the problem with that is uh, there's not really a lot of true featherweights that actually, you know, fight 145 in women's division. So it's really tough to find opponents and make fights in that division because there's really only one person, and that's Cyborg. Cyborg is the only one, really, that fights 145. Now, there are other people. Sometimes they'll come up, or there was a chick that, who actually won the first featherweight title, um, Jermaine Durandame, but she gave it up because she was. She said she wasn't scared to fight Cyborg, but she was scared to fight Cyborg, so she gave up the title, and Cyborg actually won the title, fighting Tanya Evinger, who came over from, I believe, Invicta. Now, Invicta is all women's fighting. Uh, it's a it's an organization run by, I don't remember her name, uh, this woman that runs it, but Invicta Fighting Championships, Invicta FC, is completely 100% women, like, the whole roster's women. So they were, you know, looking for talent there, they're looking for talent, you know, maybe in Bellator, looking for talent other, you know, in other places, and... It's hard to find because there's not a lot of girls that are that are that big, you know, to fight. Um, you know, for a while they were making Cyborg fight at 135, and she was killing herself to fight at 135. I mean, she just can't make that weight. She's just too big. So they created a new weight class really just for her. But, I mean, they find people to fight her every now and then. They're trying to get uh, the uh, women's bantamweight or 135-pound champion to fight her uh, in the super fight. So, women's featherweight, 145. Holly Holm, you might know that that name. She was the first person to beat Ronda Rousey for the bantamweight title. First person to beat Ronda Rousey at all, actually. It's a vicious head kick. It was kind of amazing. Um, so she fought this, this other Australian uh, who made her UFC debut. She was, on a, I think she was 4-1 on a four-fight win streak. She was Invicta FC champion. She's a true 145er. I mean, she's a, she's a big chick. You know, she's six feet, probably walks around 165, 170 maybe at the most. You know, just tall, just big. And she's a true 145er, and so this was kind of like, you know, 
yeah, you might have wrecked people in Invicta, in Invicta, but go over here to the UFC and see how you do. You know, against world-class talent, against the best of the best. And she comes over against Holly Holm, who's one of the best strikers in all of the UFC, not even just the women's, in all of the UFC, she's one of the best strikers. And, you know, the first round they come out, and Megan Anderson is the name of the person she was fighting. Uh, Megan, you know, catches her with a couple shots, and you're thinking, oh, shit, this fight's going to be over quick. Holly's going to drop. But Holly weathers the storm because what happens is Holly clinches her, pushes her up against the cage, kind of weathers the storm, recovers, does some stuff, takes her down. And this is where the entire fight changed. Megan Anderson, in this ground game, uh, is not developed for the UFC if she even has a ground game. She tried to throw a couple, you know, submissions here and there, but for the most part she was just worried about getting, you know, not not getting stopped because she was just getting, she was getting wrecked on the ground. I mean, nobody really knew that Holly was that good at grappling or that good at wrestling, or maybe it's just because Megan's not good that Holly looks a lot better, but Holly just straight fucking dominated her. I mean, so bad that the, of the three rounds, now when, when it goes to judges' store, judges scorecards generally most rounds are like 29-28 or 30-27 now 30-27 round you have to do really well but most of the times 29-28 is generally what you're going to see for a round winner so Holly Holm won 30-27 30-26 and 30-26 that basically means that she did perfect and straight wrecked the other chick is what that means and that's exactly what happened. Is I mean, she got caught, you know, in the first round super early. But then after that first, like, two minutes, maybe a minute and a half of the fight, the whole rest of it was Holly Holm. She just straight dominated Megan Anderson. Now, do I think that we should write off Megan Anderson and say she can't fight in the UFC, she doesn't deserve it? No, I think that you know, this was her first test against actual, you know, real world-class competition. And she's going to have to get better. She's going to have to get a lot better if she wants to fight Cyborg and win a title. Um... But she's definitely got a lot of potential. She's got a lot of, you know, the skills that you need. Um, you know, she's just got to she's got to do a few things a little bit different, and she might actually be able to do something. You know, I, I look forward to watching her career. Plus, you know, you want know, to talk about a good-looking lady right there. Um, so that certainly helps too. <laughs> uh, so then we go to the co-main event, which was for the interim welterweight championship. So interim because the current welterweight champion is coming off shoulder surgery. Uh, he should be ready to go. I think they're trying to make the, the fight between him and the inter, interim title holder in November, I think. The, interestingly enough, the interim title holder is from Missouri where you know I grew. I did a lot of my growing up. Uh, went to uh, Missouri, the University of Missouri, uh, you know, I don't know, it's cool, but he's uh, he's kind of a wrestler, but he's super jacked and super explosive, and he's just a insane champion. Uh, but anyway, so interim welterweight, so it's a five-round because it's a title fight, even though it's a co-main event. So it's Colby Covington, who's more of a wrestler, versus Rafael Dos Anjos, who's more of a jiu-jitsu grappler, veteran, kind of all-around guy. Um... You know, so what you and the thing about it is, we know that RDA has insane cardio. He's always had insane cardio. He used to fight at lightweight, oh, uh, so 155 pounds. He was a champion there for a while, but it started to be that he was just putting his body through too much hell, and 
he couldn't do anything, so he had to move up a weight class. Next weight class is 170. Now, his first few fights at 170, he was just murking everybody. He was wrecking everybody. You know, so most people thought that he was just going to run through Colby Covington as well because who's going to be able to stop this guy? Robbie Lawler couldn't stop him. Robbie Lawler is one of the toughest welterweights in the world. Um, so RDA, to win this fight, what he should have done was get takedowns, Come at Colby with angles and don't let Colby pressure him. Because Colby's game is, I'm going to pressure you, I'm going to wear you out, I'm not going to let you get set up. Because RDA is the kind of guy, he doesn't hit particularly hard, but he just gets you in volume. I mean, he'll throw three, 400 strikes to your, you know, 100 strikes. He's just going to out-volume you until you either drop or he wins a decision. He doesn't care if he has to win a decision. Or until you give up the takedown and then get choked out. He doesn't give a shit, he just is going to try to win the fight by volume well Colby Covington brilliant game plan by him don't like the guy at all but brilliant game plan so what he did was he just uh, he just put pressure on him he just pressured 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 him the entire time you know never let RDA get set up never really let RDA get comfortable which is a big thing for RDA he has to get comfortable he has to you know get his get his game plan going and he couldn't do that so you know I'd say that RDA won I don't know, maybe a round, potentially two rounds, but Colby definitely wrecked him. Uh, I don't think he dropped him. I'm trying to remember. I don't think he dropped him. He might have taken him down once, but I definitely know that RDA, he came out, I believe, the third round, and he just was straight taking Colby down. He was fighting with angles. He wasn't letting Colby get comfortable. He was, you are like, oh, man, the whole fight just changed. He's starting to, you know, do the RDA thing, and we'll really see Colby's cardio here. And then, like, halfway through that round, he just stopped doing it. And the other thing that he was doing for the entire fight was, instead of, like, if he was getting pushed back, which was the cage, instead of, like, circling out, he was just getting pushed back into the cage and just getting wrecked and grappled and clinched and, t- you know, that kind of stuff. And you, you can't do that with a guy like Colby because that's his game. Um you can't really do that in general, but especially with a guy who likes to keep you up against the cage, you need to circle out. You need to punch him from different angles. You need to kick him from different angles, not just straight on. He's gonna he's gonna get you every time. And so a little bit in the third, I think it was the third round. RDA started to do that, and you're just like, oh man, the f- whole fight's changed. You know, now RDA's got this. He's gonna start getting comfortable. He's gonna start throwing all these bombs. He's got this. But then he just stopped again. I mean, he almost had Colby on submission. He took him down a couple times at will. He didn't even struggle. And he comes out the next round, and he just goes back to what he was doing, walking straight backwards, getting clinched up against the cage, trying to fight off the takedown, getting pressured. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, is your is it your coaching? Is your head not there? Do you just not give a shit? Like, you know what what's going on here to make you fight like this when you know what works? When you when you've seen yourself what worked for you, why would you go back to a different game plan? You know, are you scared that if you do that, you're going to get caught? I mean, I guess that's a, you know, that's a valid concern, but at that point, it's just like, if you get caught, you get caught, fuck it, it's a title fight, like, balls to the wall, you need to give everything you got, um, so anyway, Colby ended up winning that, I don't really like the guy, I don't like him because he's a shit talker, which is cool, I love shit talkers, but he's a fake shit talker, and you can tell by the way that he talks shit and the things that he says that... It's all rehearsed. It's all made up. It's not really him. He's just playing a character. I don't appreciate that. I don't like that. He's being fake. Um, 
You know, I also don't like in his uh, post-fight, uh, his post-fight interview that he uh, called the Warriors and the Eagles un-American for not wanting to go to the White House. I don't appreciate that. Um, you know, that's not that's not cool. But so be it. That's a whole different to- topic for a whole different day. So we move on to the main event. Now, the main event was mired in some controversy. So, Yoel Romero, who's just a guy who's... He's one of those guys who's, who's got unbelievable gen- genetics. I mean, he's just straight, just ripped, jacked. Always has been. But he's he's Cuban and he's, you know, he's a wrestler. So, you know, he's just been his whole life just wrestling and using those muscles and just getting jacked his whole life. I mean, he's passed all the tests. He's never been caught for steroids. He actually did get popped once, but... He sued them. He sued the company that gave him the supplement because they tainted it with steroids, and he didn't know. And he took the supplement, and then he actually won that, so he didn't get suspended. Um, so he's never actually taken anything um, knowingly or to cheat. Um, you know, and, but he's 40, and he looks like he's 22. You know, just in amazing shape. So he was trying to cut weight, right? And he was getting down there, and he was at. Like 185.2, 185.5, something like that, right? So, generally, when you miss weight for a title fight, like I said, you have to be right on the money. You don't get the pound allowance over. So, it means he has to come in exactly at 185. Can't come in at 185.1, can't come in at 185.2, has to come in at 185. So, he misses the weight by, I think, like 0.2 ounces or 0.3 ounces or something stupid, like that, something little that he can lose in five minutes. Um, he's, you know, he's been doing it forever. He's a vet. He knows what he's doing. So you're supposed to get two hours to lose whatever's remaining, and then you come back and you do it again. And if obviously if you miss weight again, then you go to the whole, are we still going to do the fight? Are you going to take a percentage of my purse? That whole thing. So according to him, his trainer, uh, even the doctor that was there, um, you know, multiple other sources, he was in perfect health, so he was able to still cut the rest of the remaining weight. But what happened was, is they took a break for a couple of minutes. They're like, "Look, let's just, let's just you know, relax, you know, because we we've, we've been cutting weight, you know, all morning, all morning to get to this. So let's let's take a break. Let's you know, take like 30, 40 minutes, just hang out, and then we'll get back on the scale in the last hour and ten and knock this, or we'll knock it back on the scale, but we'll get back to the weight cut, you know, in you know." for an hour 20 and we'll just try to lose that last you know 0.2 pounds money shit we might even get you down to 184 well so for whatever reason the commission comes in when he's been resting for about you know 40-45 minutes and tells him that he's not going to get the rest of the time he has to step up the scales now well he hasn't been because because it was such a low amount that he had to lose he wasn't in the process of losing because he's like I can I know I can lose that for a fact confidently and even the doctor said healthily and confidently you can lose that in the next hour you're fine take a break and so that's what he did and that's what his team decided to do well the commission came and said no you can't do that even though he's allowed two hours they stopped him at basically 45 minutes to an hour and said no you're done you have to step on the scale now and that's what weight you are nobody knows why it hasn't come out yet I don't know why no one has said why but so he ends up getting on the scale. He's at 185.2. So he missed weight. Therefore, he can't win the title if he wins the fight. It's not a title fight anymore. Now it's just a fight. Champion's in it. It's going to look bad on him if he loses to a guy who missed weight. 
but he doesn't lose a belt, so it doesn't really matter. So Yoel had to give up 30% of his purse, and any performance bonuses that he won, he also had to give up. So he goes in there and he fights this, uh, he fights, you know, this Australian, the, the middleweight champion, 185 pounds, like 24, 25 years old, just a monster. I mean, the last, this is the second time they fought. The last time they fought was for the interim title. Um, and the champion, Robert Whitaker, basically fought Yoel Romero on one leg. He like tore his ACL in the first round and took him five rounds, took him to a decision and still won the fight, which is crazy. Uh, so this fight breaks his hand in the fight at some point, still takes him five rounds, wins the fight. doesn't really matter because, you know, he wouldn't have lost the title, so it didn't really matter win or lose, but kind of more as a, you know, personal thing. He, I'm sure he wanted to win. Um, but Yoel actually dropped him a few times and almost finished the fight quite a few times. Uh, there was about three or four separate occasions where Yoel just, he caught him and he dropped him and Whitaker went down. I mean, there's even one where he hit him and Whitaker's legs like straight buckled, you know, like just, they went, they just went straight, you know, they went, they went, uh, almost like the rest of his body was still wiggling in it, but his legs went, you know, were, were wobbly and he was just about to fall. He didn't fall from that, but he almost did. It was at the end of one of the rounds. I think it was the fourth round maybe. Um... Yeah, I mean, Romero fought a great fight. I actually think that he won the fight. A lot of people think that he won the fight. Uh, he lost it via split decision, which basically means that it was... I I think they should have given it a draw, honestly, especially because it wasn't for a title. I think they get a little scared to do draws because fans don't like that. UFC doesn't like that, but I think it should have been a draw, realistically. Because I don't really think you could say 100% unequivocally who won the fight. I think if you said Whitaker won the fight, I don't really have an argument against you. I'd say, yeah, you know, he might have won the fight. I think the same thing for Romero. You could say, you know, Romero won that fight, and there's not really an argument you can make that he didn't win the fight except for the fact that maybe the champion got the advantage because he was the champion. Um, you know, I don't know. Or maybe because he didn't finish when he had the opportunity. I think that's just because he was tired. He was just gassed. Because when you have muscle like that, you know, that's the that's actually going to make you more tired the more muscle that you have because... You don't have, you know, the fat to burn. You don't have the energy to, to get because it's all just, you know, lean stuff in your muscle, and so you just gas out super quick. So that's the thing with, like, a guy like Yoel Romero or, you know, Francis Ngannou in the heavyweight division. You know, guys that are just freaking jack city, they just get tired super quick. You know, they go one, two, maybe three rounds, and they're just completely gassed. So what Yoel Romero, what Yoel Romero was doing was he was just picking his shots. He was, you know... He'd throw a couple punches and then kind of rest and throw a couple punches and then kind of rest. And whenever he was exploding after his rest is when he was catching him and dropping him. And the problem was he, could, he couldn't finish him because he was so tired. If he would have had, uh, you know, maybe a little bit less muscle mass and a little bit more fat to be able to kind of burn for energy, just a little bit, not a lot. I mean, just a little bit. I think he would have been able to finish that fight and won that fight. And then even though he didn't win the title, he could have said, you know, look, I beat the champion you have to give me a third fight now because now that Whitaker's won both fights, that third fight right now isn't going to be interesting. Maybe in the future, but right now it's not an interesting fight. Nobody wants to see that because even though they were both close fights, Whitaker's won both of them, so what's really your case for a rematch? You know what I mean? Uh, whereas if he wins that fight, then it's, well, I get a rematch. 100% I'm going to make way. It's going to be a title fight. I could actually win the title. You know, whatever, whatever. So, you know, that was the card. Um... 
you know, it was it was it was a solid card. You know, it wasn't the best card, but it wasn't the worst card. Um, I've definitely seen better, and I've seen worse. One of the fights that they actually announced at that is uh, Demetrius Johnson, who's one of the best fighters. He's the the flyweight, the 125 pound champion. Uh, he's actually just set the record for title defenses. Um, you know, he runs through his division. Nobody can compete with him. But he's got a fight coming up against a guy named Henry Cejudo, who he's almost 100% you can say he's going to beat. I mean, obviously there's upsets, things happen. It could happen that he loses, but more likely than not, he's going to win that fight. It's just how is he going to win the fight, really. But he's on the same card as the 135-pound champion, TJ Dillashaw, is in a rematch versus Cody Garbrandt. Cody had the title in November, lost it to TJ by knockout. Now they're having a rematch. So the craziest part is... They're trying to make a super fight between the 135-pound champion TJ and the 125-pound champion DJ. It wasn't going. Then DJ had surgery, and then the fight wasn't going to happen. Because at first, DJ was saying, you know, hey, come down, have one fight at 125 so I know that you can make the weight. Because I don't want to have to go through all this, and then you miss the weight, and then it's just a whole ordeal. Like, I don't want to go through all that. Prove to me that you can make the weight. We'll schedule the fight. So TJ was like, no, fuck that. I know I can make the weight. Let's just have the fight now because if I have to go down to 125, let's say I have to give up my belt to do that, then, you know, it's, it's not a super fight or anything like that. Um, you know, so it was just like, no, I don't want to do that. It's either super fight, but, you know, or, or no fight. And then DJ ended up having surgery, and so TJ signed this fight with Cody. And then, you know... A few months later, DJ's like, oh, I'm going to fight now this guy, and they're on the same fucking card. So it's like, you guys could have had the super fight anyway, but now you're just fighting. You're just wasting people's times with this other fight, with these other two fights that no one really wants to see when the fight that they want to see is you two fight, especially because, like, DJ's not the most money maker in the UFC. You know, he's not, he doesn't bring in a lot of, a lot of money in pay-per-views. Like, if he's the main event on a pay-per-view, it's going to be a shitty pay-per-view. Because he's just, he's not a shit talker. He's a super nice guy. You know, he's a smaller guy. A lot of people don't necessarily want to see that as a, like, a kind of a main event. But also, he's kind of boring sometimes when he fights because he'll just pick you apart. You know, he'll make the whole fight take five rounds. You know, he might knock you out in the fifth round, but he's going to pick you apart for five rounds. People don't want to see that. What they want to see is they want to see crazy knockouts or submissions or, you know, things, or just bloody wars. You know, people just standing in the middle and just trading back and forth. He's not going to do that kind of shit. He's so fast. He's so technical. And he's so good that he's just going to... He's going to have a game plan to every game plan that you have. And he's going to execute and he's going to beat you. So he doesn't bring in the numbers. Well, TJ can kind of bring in the numbers. So the plan was if we can get both these guys in a super fight, sell a shitload of pay-per-views, um, make a bunch of money, everybody would be happy, everybody you know wins. Even if So if TJ would lose that fight, he'd still keep his title. You know, DJ would keep his title. If TJ wins that fight, then he's a two-division champ, and then he has to figure out what he's going to do there. You figure he'll probably keep the 135 because it's going to be easier on his body to give up the 125. He said he would defend them both, but that has never happened yet, and I don't see that happening with him either. Um, but, you know, who knows? I don't, certainly. But anyway, so that fight was announced, so that was kind of the big fight news. <clears throat> um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's really it. The next the next card I'm looking forward to is International Fight Week um, in July. That's the big-time fight. That's DC versus Stipe for the heavyweight title. So you've got the light heavyweight champion versus the heavyweight champion for the heavyweight title. It's going to be an amazing fight. I'm looking forward to that card. 
Also on that card is another title fight. It's the featherweight championship, Max Holloway versus uh, a guy named Brian Brian Ortega, whose jujitsu is just fucking off the wall insane. So that's going to be a really good card. Um, I think I'm going to probably stick with MMA for next week's podcast just because I had a lot more I wanted to get into with, like, uh, you know, nicknames, you know, more of the KO, TKO kind of stuff. Um, you know, another thing that I noticed was, uh, you know, fighters' voices. Uh, you know, I'll get into that more next week, but... Yeah, it might not all be MMA, but I'm going to definitely hit a lot of MMA because I want to talk about this kind of stuff. I, did, I kind of got carried away and long-winded about the card, and so I don't have as much time to talk about it. I only got about eight more minutes left until I'm going to be done with this podcast, so I don't really have a lot of time to talk about it. But with fighters' voices, you know, it's weird because, like, you can get these guys who are just amazing fighters in this crazy, insane shape, you know, look like they should have these deep voices, and their voices are super high, you know, and it's weird. It's just weird to me how that, you know, how that can work. Like, you can just be this specimen, this monster fucking athlete, but you have this super high voice, which is totally not intimidating when you talk. But to look at you, you'd be like, oh, man, this guy would fucking dominate me. So it's kind of funny how that works. Um, You know, I kind of want to touch on that a little bit. Uh, But I also want to touch on nicknames. Um, Not just in MMA and sports in general, but especially in MMA, because some of them get a little ridiculous. Some of them... um, one of the things that really bugs me, I get bugged by some stupid shit sometimes, but one of the things that really bugs me is so, uh, let's say, for example, you know, we'll just pick somebody. Uh, let's say Anderson Silva, right? Former uh, champion, middleweight, 185. His nickname was The Spider. Um, you know, so for that, it depends where you put it. So if you put it before, you call him The Spider, Anderson Silva, or Anderson... Spider Silva, they always take out the. They always say Anderson Spider Silva. Um, the second way sounds a lot better. It just sounds so much better. It sounds like it flows. It sounds like it belongs that way. If you say Spider Anderson Silva, it just doesn't sound good. So some, sometimes what they do is nicknames. You know, can be important. Like some people can have really good nicknames, but they're just put in the wrong place and they don't sound as good. And other people can have shitty nicknames, but they're put in the right place and it's kind of like, yeah, I guess it sounds all right. But you could have a lot better nickname there because of where you have it. There's better things that can flow with your name and everything. And so I think that, you know, that's kind of interesting. And, you know, and then you get to other sports, like, for example, you know, LeBron James, King James. You know, like, that's, you're not going to call him LeBron King James. You're not going to call him King LeBron James. You know, just King James. Like, that's his nickname. It's a nice nickname. It flows. It works. It's cool. But, you know, then there's other times where you get a nickname and you're just like, fan, that's not. You know, that's, that's not a good nickname, fam. So, I think I'm going to get into that a little bit as well. Uh, that kind of interests me, bugs me, irks me, doesn't irk me. Super entertaining, all that kind of good stuff. Um, let's see. So, this is the fourth, so that'll be the fifth podcast next week. It'll be out on Wednesday again. Like I said, I'm going to try to keep it on the same day now. It's not going to be a little more consistent. You know, Memorial Day weekend kind of messed me up a little bit, but I'm going to try to be, like I said, every Wednesday I'm going to try to come out with... Uh, with a new episode if I'm going to take a break for whatever reason you know I'll let you know but if I do take a break it won't be more than a week um for example 4th of July week uh week I'm off Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday since the 4th of July is Wednesday and I'm realistically probably going to be shooting off fireworks with my family 
you know, and having a cookout and all that kind of stuff, I'm probably not going to do one that week. Um, or if I do, I might do it on like Thursday or Friday instead, just because, you know, Wednesday I'm going to be busy, um, and I won't have time to do it. So, you know, if something like that happens, I'll let you know ahead of time, you know, so that way you can listen on the appropriate day. You're not, not like you're expecting on Wednesday sitting there waiting and it doesn't come out and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I didn't forget. I'm just doing it on a different day and I'll tell you that ahead of time. Um, let's see what else. Uh, so like I said, the next card that's coming up next weekend is um, a fight night. It's Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Leon Rocky Edwards is the main event. Um, I don't particularly care about the fight at all. Um, you know, they're both to me kind of, nah, they don't really fucking matter. I'm interested in, I know earlier I said Tyson Pedro, I meant to say Tyson Fury, by the way. Um, the co-main is kind of interesting but that's really the only other one on the card that really means anything to me and that is Ovince St. Preux versus Tyson Pedro it's a light heavyweight match um, it could determine if OSP wins you know he could be thrust in title contention I actually kind of like that fight more than the main event but you know we'll see what happens um, you know, for OSP He's pre, he's pretty solid. I mean, he's not he's not the best light heavyweight, but he's certainly not the worst. I'd say he's in the top probably seven light light heavyweights. Um, he's actually a former football player, so that's kind of nifty. Speaking of former football players, um, I'll talk a little bit about the Greg Hardy thing. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just tune in next week. You'll see uh, Greg Hardy's in MMA now. I'll talk about that all. Maybe I'll touch on that a little bit next week too. But uh, yeah, um, you know. I'll try to I'll try to keep it maybe not necessarily just MMA but I'll try to touch everything but I'm definitely going to talk about it for things that I said you know the nicknames and the KO versus TKO and the voices and all that kind of stuff just because it interests me and you know what's the point of having a podcast if you're not going to do things that interest you and hopefully interest the crowd if it doesn't interest you I get it but it interests me so I'm going to do it uh the shout out point again I want to shout out you know all my people you know the ones here in Maryland the family the ones in Missouri um you know the one in Texas obviously even though he's still kind of Missouri to me but he's in Texas um you know shout all those guys out you know I appreciate the support I love you guys you know I do this guy I do this for me but I also do this for you because I want to be successful for you, um, but also, you know, want to be successful for me as well, um, so like I said, next week on Wednesday, I'll try to do it between 7 and 8 o'clock like I usually do, so, uh, I guess I'll, uh, see you guys, uh, next week, I guess, alright, peace out.